Welcome to another episode of Need to Know Nutrition. Today is all about energy. I think most of us know that the food we eat is fuel for our bodies, but what you may not know is that there are specific types of nutrients that your body needs in order to make energy efficiently. I remember when I first learned about this and it was an aha moment. Do you ever feel like some days you have ample energy with a spring in your step, then other days you feel tired, lethargic and almost void of energy? I hope today's episode is a factual and delicious insight into how energy is made, the foods and nutrients we need to consume to have consistent energy, and also the things you can do right now to improve your energy levels. So with an energetic leap, let's jump right in. Welcome to Need to Know Nutrition with me, clinical nutritionist Belinda Martinella. If you're passionate about your health, have a craving for reliable information, or just want to hear some really awesome food facts, then I'm glad you're here. Each week, I'll discuss a new and interesting health topic packed full of delicious nutritional facts. Let me sift through all of the health and dietary jargon so you don't have to. It's time to get all the info you need to put your health first. Let's take it from the top. What is energy? So energy is defined as the strength and vitality required for sustained physical or mental energy. The human body is able to convert the foods that we consume into usable energy. And so why do we need it? Now, the answer to this is most likely quite obvious, but I want to go over it anyway. We need energy to maintain the body's essential functions. So things like cell growth and repair, respiration or breathing, blood transport, metabolism, chemical reactions, and those sorts of things. We also need energy for physical exertion. Think exercise, walking, running, jumping, even daily activities like squatting to get in and out of the car or walking up the stairs or just generally moving. It's normal for your energy levels to rise and fall slightly during the day. How does it work? It's time for a little bit of science talk. Now, for all of my science lovers out there, or for those of you who like to learn new things, you'll get a real kick out of this. As I'm sure you're well aware if you've listened to past episodes, I am a firm believer in having a strong foundation of how the body works. You can never unlearn something. Okay, energy, let's do it. Our ability to function relies on the energy that is extracted from the foods that we eat. Now, without getting too technical, The fuel sources such as carbohydrates, fats and proteins in the foods we eat all follow different metabolic paths. Side note, metabolic pathways are chemical reactions that convert food into energy. Before our cells can use food as fuel, the food is broken down into smaller molecules and divided into two groups. The first group is energy and the second group are building blocks for other molecules, think like immune support, building tissues or body repair. Energy production all begins with digestion, or the process of breaking down foods into molecules. Now, after digestion, the small organic molecules derived from the foods we eat enter the cytosol of the cell. Now, just quickly, a cell is the basic building block of all living things. The human body is made up of trillions of cells. Cells have many parts, and each part has a different function. So the cytosol which is also known as intracellular fluid or cytoplasmic matrix. The cytosol of a cell is the water-based solution, which is found inside cells. So within this cytosol is where oxidation begins. 
Now, all you need to know about oxidation at this point is that it's a chemical reaction. Now, hold on, we're nearly there. A chain of reactions then occur called glycolysis. So this is the breakdown of glucose or sugar. I'm going to skip over some very technical hoo-ha and go straight to a molecule called adenosine triphosphate or ATP for short. ATP is an energy carrying molecule. So this molecule essentially captures the chemical energy that's created during glycolysis or the breakdown of glucose or sugar. I like to think of ATP as batteries that store energy. So anytime you need to tie your shoes or chase your kids at the park or go for a run, your body uses ATP molecules. ATP is the only molecule that's able to provide energy to muscle fibers to power muscle contractions. Now there's also creatine phosphate, which we'll call CP for short. Perhaps you've heard of creatine. This is also stored in small amounts within cells and is a high energy compound that can help fuel short explosive efforts. However, to sustain physical activity, cells must constantly replenish both CP and ATP. Now, there are a few more words I'd just like to mention. Mitochondria, pyruvate, the citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle, oxidative phosphorylation. Now, if those words tickled your fancy, then I recommend you do a bit more research and reading on the incredible energy-making machine that is our body. If those words meant nothing to you, don't sweat it. You've probably forgotten them already, and that's okay. Moving on. When it comes to energy, there are four different energy systems that our body utilizes, and I just want to mention them quickly. The first system is the ATP-PC system. Hey, remember all of that science talk? Here is where it comes in handy. Now you know exactly what I'm talking about. So this energy system lasts for five to six seconds, and it's what we call an anaerobic system. This means it doesn't require oxygen to function. So the ATP PC system is accessed during things like sprints or high jump. Next, we have the anaerobic glycolytic system. So this energy system lasts up to two minutes and again, does not require oxygen to function. This system is used during the first two minutes of exercise or movement. It's also used in sports like 400 meter runs, hurdles and gymnastics. The third energy system is called aerobic glycolysis. This energy system often kicks off in around 30 seconds into any slow-paced exercise or movement that can last hours. So the amount of time it lasts is dependent on how much glycogen or sugar your body has stored to use for energy. This one does require oxygen to function and is great for sports such as basketball, football, tennis, netball, soccer, gym classes, those sorts of things. Our last energy system is called lipolysis, which can last anywhere from one hour to 81 hours. I know, 81 hours. So this is a system that is utilized during ultra marathons or really long distance events. Oh, and it does require oxygen, in case you're wondering. Right, so in a very tight nutshell, that is energy. So from the food we eat, the body breaks it down and divides it into two groups. There are lots of chemical reactions and then the ATP molecules are created or the energy carrying molecules. Then the body uses ATP to power the four energy systems. Phew, so much information. Now, if those energy systems were something that really tickled your fancy, especially when it comes to sport and exercise, then hold on. There is a sports nutrition podcast on its way. 
Okay, so it's time to talk about particular nutrients and foods that we need to eat to make sure our bodies can create energy at an optimal level. Side note, now this information can be used for the everyday efficient production of energy, no matter what you're doing, working at a desk, driving in the car, walking, running, looking after your children. This is about providing your body with the right fuel to get through your day, preferably with a spring in your step. Let's talk enhancers, things to include in your daily diet for energy. As always, there are many, but today I'm going to discuss what I believe to be the top four when it comes to nutrients that give our bodies energy. Straight off the bat, let's go for complex carbohydrates. So these are an efficient source of energy that fuel muscle contractions. So once eaten, carbohydrates are broken down into smaller sugars like glucose, fructose, and galactose to be used as energy. Carbohydrates are your body's preferred source of energy. Now, food sources include things like oats, quinoa, rice, sweet potato, potato, pumpkin, corn, legumes, beans, and whole fruits. Think bananas, apples, pears, strawberries, watermelon, avocados, etc., etc. Next, we have B vitamins. B vitamins are the building blocks of energy production. So specifically, B1, B2, B3, B5, and B12 are all necessary for the citric acid cycle. I mentioned that quickly in our little science section, which is a cascade of chemical reactions to release energy. Now, food sources include things like mixed nuts, green peas, meat, fish, lentils, green leafy vegetables, mushrooms, avocado, sardines, tuna, salmon, eggs, cheese, so many, so many. Next, we have iron. Now, this mineral is vital to our health. Nearly all of our cells contain some iron, but most of the iron in our bodies is in the red blood cells. Red blood cells transport oxygen from our lungs to the organs and the tissues throughout our bodies. So insufficient iron in the diet can affect the efficiency with which the body uses energy. Low iron can result in lack of focus, increased irritability, and reduced stamina. Iron deficiency is quite common during pregnancy, in athletes as well, especially young female athletes, in menstruating women, in children, and also by individuals with a diet history of excessive cow's milk or low iron-containing foods. Include the following iron-rich foods in your diet. Lean red meats, beans, lentils, tofu, dark leafy vegetables, poultry, cashew nuts, fish, or seafood. Just a quick side note here. Remember to increase the amount you're eating if you're choosing plant-based iron sources. Also, to help with iron absorption, make sure you're having a vitamin C food source also because vitamin C helps the body absorb iron. So an example might be a piece of steak with a green salad drizzled with lemon. So the lemon will help absorb the iron. Okay, next nutrient, CoQ10. Coenzyme Q10 is an antioxidant that your body produces for growth and maintenance. As you age, the levels of CoQ10 decrease, so it's important to make them a part of your daily diet regime. So CoQ10 helps to generate energy in the cells and can essentially improve energy levels. Dietary sources include organ meats, so liver, heart, and kidney, pork, chicken, fatty fish, think mackerel, sardines, trout, tuna, and also vegetables such as spinach, cauliflower, and broccoli. If you're thinking about supplementation, it's best to consult your nutritional healthcare provider to ensure you're getting a reputable, 
high quality brand with a specific dose customized for you and your body. Now, I also want to make a quick mention as I do every episode about whole foods, 80% whole foods and 20% soul foods. You can't go wrong with highly nutritious food when it comes to increasing your daily energy levels. Okay, moving on to suppressors. So things that can zap your energy. Now I'm just going to list the major ones, which I'm sure you can probably already guess anyway. Processed sugars. So processed sugars cause spikes and then big drops in energy. It also increases the cravings for more and other sugary foods, which can cause an energy draining cycle. Processed grains. So they contain fewer nutrients and can spike blood sugar levels, which can drain energy. Alcohol. Now, alcohol actually interferes with the way your body makes energy. When your body's breaking down alcohol, the liver can't produce as much glucose, which is the main type of sugar in the blood and a major energy source for our cells, which means that you'll have low levels of blood sugar and therefore low energy. Energy drinks. Energy drinks provide short-term energy boosts, but their high sugar and high caffeine content can reduce the duration and quality of sleep, causing your energy levels to crash, leaving you feeling drained. Fried and fast foods. So not only are they low in nutrients, high in fat and low in fiber, they also slow down digestion and drain your energy long-term by replacing the energy-boosting nutrients you get from highly nutritious foods. So pick whole foods when you can. Time for a few lifestyle recommendations. Let's kick it off with sleep. Now, sleep quality. The quality of your sleep affects your energy levels. During high quality sleep, your body restores many functions. Think temperature regulation, supporting your immune function, balancing hormone levels, regulating your appetite. And it's during this restoration phase that will help determine how much energy you have the following day. Make high quality sleep a priority if you can. There's also a podcast episode called Better Sleep that I've done. So perhaps listen to that one if you haven't yet. Stress management. Stress is like having a program running in the background, zapping all of your energy, sometimes without you even knowing. It's time to manage your stress and put that energy to better use somewhere else. Listen to my stress management podcast for some great tips on how to manage your stress levels. Hydration. Staying hydrated helps maintain our energy levels by keeping muscles energized. Dehydration can manifest as fatigue or low energy, so staying hydrated can help prevent that. Get the 1.5 to 2 litres of water in every day. Exercise. Now, the research suggests that regular exercise can increase energy levels. So next time you're contemplating a snooze or a walk around the block, lace up your shoes and hit the pavement. Physical activity helps to get your heart rate up and the blood flowing. The release of endorphins, or those hormones, trigger a positive feeling in the body and can raise your energy levels. Use caffeine to your advantage. Caffeine is a stimulant, which means that it raises the levels of physiological or nervous activity in the body. In moderation, it can improve circulation, increase muscular strength, endurance, and power. Now, in saying that, once the body finishes metabolizing caffeine, it can make you feel tired. Use it to your advantage, so don't overconsume caffeine and strategically time it into your morning. And when I say caffeine, I'm generally referring to coffee and tea, not energy drinks. Okay, I think that just about does it. I hope this episode has given you a great insight into how the body makes energy and ways you can improve your energy levels through specific nutrients such as carbohydrates, B vitamins, iron and CoQ10. 
You can also help boost your energy through a whole food diet. Remember 80% whole foods and 20% soul foods. And also try to reduce or avoid the energy zapping foods. Learn how to manage your stress. Increase the quality of your sleep. Drink plenty of water and get your body moving. Remember that it's completely normal to have energy rises and slumps during the day. But if you're feeling that your natural energy ebb and flow is taking a beating, it may be time to consult your nutritional health care practitioner. Something to think about anyway. Stay energized until next episode. Thanks for joining me today and learning all the things you need to know about nutrition and your body. If you want to learn more about today's topic or have a question you'd like answered, please jump onto my website, thetravellingnutritionistaustralia.com and find the podcast tab. All the references are also available should you wish to dive a little deeper. Remember, it's not the things that you eat and do occasionally that matter. It's the things that you eat and do every day that really count. Until next time, always choose the good stuff because you and your health are worth it. Thank you.